0: with another episode of Live On Purpose Radio. My guest today is Bryce Dunford. Bryce is an educator. He loves sharing principles with people. We've had a fun conversation about that before the show today. He's also a speaker and an author and the kind of person you'd expect to hear at Live On Purpose Radio. Welcome to the show, Bryce. Thank you, Paul. I'm grateful to be here. I'm so glad to have this conversation with you today. I love this topic. We get into practices all the time. You know, we do this or we do that or we follow that rule or we uh, adhere to those guidelines. Or even socially
1: acceptable. We recognize that certain behavior is socially acceptable. Right. And sometimes we don't pause and understand why. What's the reason that's socially acceptable? What's the
0: reason for the behavior? Yes, that reason gets down to something that you and I talk about. Called principle. Principles. There's some principle behind it, some reason. And you've found, uh, in what you've shared with me earlier, Bryce, you've found that your students often don't understand the why. Right behind the guideline or the practice. Well, we live in a
1: society that's so behavior governed. Governed. Um, this is the right behavior. This is what you're supposed to do in school. This is what you're supposed to do in church. This is what you're supposed to do in, in practice. And no one ever pauses to say, here's why. Yeah. The wonderful thing about our principles is they make clear what to do in different circumstances because you don't always do A. Maybe in situation A, you do A, But what would you do in situation B? Situation B, you wouldn't do action A. You need to do action B. And so the principle governs that says, look, in this situation, you would do this. And in this situation, you would do something very different because the circumstances change. That's why understanding the principle behind the practice becomes so critical because you don't always do the same thing in every situation.
0: Mm. You know what? I learned this in a very painful way. Years ago, economically, I was doing some practices in investing uh, that made a whole lot of sense in situation A, but then the situation changed to B, and I kept doing the A practices and ended up in a bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what you're talking about. Exactly.
1: I like to use the analogy of baseball. There's the skill of bunting. But when do you bunt? Because sometimes, I mean, there's an obvious, this is a bunting situation. There's an obvious bunting situation. But those of, those of you who watch baseball recognize that sometimes you bunt in an odd situation because it's the right thing to do. And so when you bunt is a principle, not necessarily a defined practice. Because we've all, all right. seen baseball players... Defy that, what's logical and what's what would I normally do in this situation? So, being principle governed and recognizing what's the principle behind this pay, behavior, then you can adapt it to the circumstances more mm-hmm. correctly. Mm-hmm. If you always do the same thing, it's going to be painful in some circumstances because as the circumstance changes, you need to be able to adapt and do the right
0: thing. Right. You shared an example with me. Earlier about a principle that you talked to many of your students about now you're teaching in a religious context young people who are enrolled in a seminary program and in this program there's something called the word of wisdom which as I understand it is a a law or a practice related to health and you shared an example with me about this because we're telling kids all the time uh, don't smoke Uh, stay away from drugs, right? And I host a program where we teach these same concepts in elementary school uh, with law enforcement personnel. We have uniformed cops go into the school and teach kids principles that include practices like staying away from drugs or alcohol. And Understanding the why behind that makes a huge difference to these kids. Share some of your insights about that, Bryce, and what you've learned. Our culture has become so
1: ingrained on what we should and shouldn't eat. Don't smoke. Don't drink. And then when we pause to say, okay, well, why? Why? What's the reason for it? And the reason for it is that we've all learned that if you don't maintain your car, you're going to get stranded somewhere. It's going gonna, it's gonna to fail on you. If you don't put oil in your car, if you don't take care of it, then it's not going to perform the function that you want it to. So we we forget that the body that we have, this physical body, is the instrument of our soul, our character, whatever you want. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a channel to God. It's a channel to the divine. It's a channel to the cause, however you want to see it. Our body is the instrument.
0: Or the vehicle. It's the the... vehicle.
1: And we forget that the principle is that if you don't take care of that instrument, it's going to fail on you. And it's going to have an impact on the mind. So years ago, your mom told you to eat a good breakfast before you had a big test. But what no one ever taught us was the why. And that is that the health of this body allows the mind to function better. We feel better when the body is taken care of. Right. So one thing we need to understand is uh, imagine you went into a beautiful building where you were going to talk about wonderful things and you knew that there would be a feeling there that you would feel. Mm -hmm. And when you went in the building, the building was in disarray. It was a mess. Would you have that special conversation that you were hoping to have when the building's a mess? Uh. In other words, the body has the same effect. Yep. If you want to feel good, if you want to be happy, if you want to just feel great and you forget to take care of the instrument or the vehicle, you're going to fail. There's the principle behind the practice is that the body has an impact on how we feel. It has an impact on our spirituality. It has an impact on just feeling good. So, for example, we always think that alcohol is a major violation of that, but no one really likes to talk about sleep. Oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, I don't feel good. I know why you don't feel good. It's because you're not taking care of the instrument of your mind. You're not sleeping. Um, For those who practice the word of wisdom, sometimes when we don't talk about the principle behind the practice, we don't realize that sleep is a violation of the word of wisdom. Not getting enough sleep, giving your body too much food or not enough food or the food at the wrong times or food in wrong amounts. We often talk about, well, don't eat the wrong foods. But what about eating too much food or not eating enough food? I tell high school students, I love to ask my students, how many of you ate breakfast today? And you would be surprised how few high school students go off to a busy day of school without fueling their body, and then they wonder why they struggle in school. The principle behind the practice is that the condition of your body affects the condition and the workings of your mind and your
0: soul. I know that you teach often in a religious setting and and that's a good example of a context in which this sometimes takes on a moral character. And I, I see this also in, in weight loss, exercise, dieting. There's, there's almost a morality attached to it where people think, oh, I should do this. And then they start beating themselves up because they're a bad person for uh, eating that particular dessert or or skipping their exercise for that morning and they feel like oh I'm a bad person. What I'm hearing you say is let's take the morality out of the it for right a and wrong
1: of the situation can be set aside and just the pure logistics of the principle can say look if you eat that here's the effect it's going to have on you. Yes. If we take that morality out and say, okay, let's not worry about the right thing and the wrong thing to do, I want to feel better. I want my mind to be more active, and yet I'm Mm -hmm. not taking taking care of the instrument of my mind. And then it's not right or wrong. It's just a matter of, okay, if I choose to eat these foods at this time in these amounts, I'm hampering the health of my mind. Because I'm interfering with the vehicle that houses that mind. Oh, well, then I'm going to make a choice. I choose my mind. I want my mind to feel better. Okay, then make the choice to take care of the instrument. And we take the right and the wrong out of the that situation. Is so practical. It's just a matter of there is a relationship between the, vehicle, the body and the mind. Yes. There is a relationship. If you don't take care of the body, then you shouldn't be surprised if the mind has some challenges. If you want the Mm -hmm. mind to function more healthy, then take care of the instrument of that mind, which is the
0: body. And let's just, let's abandon the shame and guilt and all of the moral attachments that we put on it and simply realize that. That there are principles at play here.
1: And what you bring up is a great point, Paul, because principles are adapted to the circumstances. What you would do in one circumstance, you may not do, but principles are adapted to each individual as well. What you need to do so that your vehicle runs properly may not be what someone else needs to do for their vehicle to run properly. Maybe you don't need as much sleep as someone else does. You shouldn't feel guilty if you don't do what's right for someone else. You need to figure out what's right for you.
0: You know, an example I just thought of, Bryce. Every evening, I take a little blood pressure pill. Now, why? Well, because I've determined from genetics and whatever that... My blood pressure gets out of whack if I don't manage it with that particular medication. Now, does that mean that everyone should take that medication? Absolutely not. No way. And, it, and it's not a moral issue. It's an, ad, an adaptation of a principle. The principles don't change. The techniques or the practices will change drastically based on the circumstances and the context around which we apply that principle. That's right.
1: And you shouldn't feel ashamed that your instrument needs that pill. Right. For your mind to function appropriately, your body needs that pill. Now, someone else who doesn't need that pill shouldn't feel like, and they they shouldn't feel shame in not needing that pill. That's the beauty of principles and being governed by principles is they are unique to every individual circumstance. And what's right for one may not be right for the other. And that's okay because we all live in terms of practice, the practice, but the principle will govern all of us. And the principle in that case would be if you want your mind to function better and more healthy, then take care of your vehicle, which is your body.
0: Yes. I love the conversation, Bryce. I'm sure there's some other practical ways that we can apply this. As we come back from this break, let's dig into some of the therefore what's. Does that sound good to you? Great. We'll be right back. This is Bryce Dunford at Live On Purpose Radio. Do you dream of making a bigger difference more of the time? Have you thought about life coaching as something that you would like to offer. If you are an influencer, or a speaker, or a leader, or a coach, this webinar is for you. In this webinar, I'll share with you seven important clarities that are absolutely essential to setting up a successful life coaching practice. If you're ready to take some courageous steps to add life coaching to the services you offer your clients, register now at liveonpurpose.coach forward webinar. That's liveonpurpose.coach.com forward webinar. And we're back. Live On Purpose Radio today with Bryce Dunford, Bryce, we're speaking the same language. Yep, I think so. And we apply it in different contexts. Right. I'm a psychologist, you're a teacher. I'm a religious educator,
1: but it's all about principles and application. And we've got to get beyond right actions, right behaviors. <laughs> and we've got to see the, the principle that governs all of these and the specific circumstances that we're in. That's the beauty of principles, is because yes. in a different circumstance for a different individual, let me use a, a religious example just to kind of make sure everyone can You're familiar say with exactly. those, so let's roll. Um, I think we're all familiar with the command to obey the Sabbath day. Yeah. But how we do that is different for each individual. Right. And we get into problems when we assume that what's right for me is right for someone else. Mm hmm. I have a sister with some very competitive sons, mm-hmm. and they're very competitive, and so for the good of their family, they have outlawed video games on the Sabbath day. And I think anyone listening can understand why a woman, a mother with very competitive sons might do that. For the sake right. of their family, boy, when you guys start playing video games, you start fighting, and I don't want that on the Sabbath day, so we're not going to allow that. hmm in my family, one of the, our favorite activities on the Sabbath day is to play video games together. Because <laughs> it's just, it brings us together. We laugh. It's something that just ties us as a family. Yeah. And we love it. And we play a lot of video games on Sunday because it's exactly what we want to a- happen in mm-hmm. that we're all together, we're laughing, we're having a good time, and we're doing it as a family. Right. And then we go to grandma's house. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, okay, well, my kids will say, why don't we play a video game? And my sister's kids will say, what? We can't play video games on Sabbath day. That's against the rules. And that's the point that we often make. That's against Against the the rules. rules. That behavior is inappropriate on the Sabbath day. But what we're not having the conversation, what's not in the conversation is in our family, because of who we are... Mm -hmm. My mom has chosen not to play video games on Sunday. That's right for us. Mm -hmm. But it becomes a tool of judgment. And it becomes a means of, you know, oh, you can't. If you play video games on Sunday, you're doing something wrong. Right. And my children would often feel shame. Like we were doing something wrong because someone else has chosen to do something else. The beauty of principles is that we have to say, okay, why is that the right action in our family? And it may not be right for every family. So we ought not to criticize and judge and f- because of the behavior, we need to have these conversations to say, what's the principle? If my mm-hmm. sister's sons were to say, you know what, we get really rambunctious and competitive and we start fighting But we're with our cousins, and boy, that might be... If they saw the principle behind the behavior, this is a different circumstance. We're at grandma's house. So maybe the principle would apply differently. We get so Uh, caught up on the behavior and the right and the wrong and what's right for me that we don't sometimes pause with the principle.
0: So you're using a a small home-based example of something that can take on global significance. As you think about some of the conflicts, for example, that are uh, constantly around us between countries or nations or cultures. And our practice in our culture is that we do it this way. Your practice in your culture is that you do it that way, and that's wrong.
1: And we're better than you because we do it and you don't.
0: That's where the moral judgment comes in and starts to separate people instead of unifying them. That's right. I think there's a principle behind that too. That's right. (laughs) But how much
1: better would it be if we just simply said, okay, I understand why in your country, in that circumstance, you choose to do this. Mm -hmm. I see it. I see the logic in that environment, in that culture with those people to to choose to do this behavior, in our culture, which is different, we choose to do this behavior, then there's a little, there's more understanding. So coming yeah. back to our health example, our body and our mind, there's a lot of how to, there's a lot of practical, it, you know, how do you take care of your body? So you've got sleep, you've got food, you've got exercise, you've got, you know, hormone balances or, or, or problems within the body. Mm-hmm. And so how we incorporate each one of those has to be tailored to the specific circumstances. Someone who has, you know, exercise, for example, boy, is that a, a club that we pound over each other and, and over you're ourselves. not exercising and I'm not exercising enough, but what's enough. Mm-hmm. What's too much. That's the challenge of each individual is to say, okay, I want my mind to feel more healthy. Well, I recognize there's a connection between my instrument, my body, and my mind. So I'm going to... And the funny thing about this body is it functions better when we beat it up a little bit. Our heart hmm. actually functions better when we stress it out. That's an interesting principle. To a certain extent. But yeah, Now, you've got to find that wonderful balance between too much and not enough. And
0: -hmm. you've got to find
1: it for you. What's the right Right. amount of exercise for you? And -hmm. if your spouse is different, you can't compare to your spouse. You can't compare to your children. You can't even compare to you five or ten years ago. (laughs) Because you don't have the same body you had five or ten years ago. So food and sleep and exercise, knowing the principle,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and to apply the principle, I need to know each one of those, how they affect me. Right. What foods, I, 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 I get really bad heartburn. Mm-hmm. And so I have to be smart enough to say, if I eat that food, it's gonna give me heartburn all night and I won't sleep. And if I don't sleep... <clears throat> I'm going to be cranky tomorrow. My mind is not going to function well tomorrow because I'm li- I'm, I didn't get enough sleep. Well, the reason I'm cranky is because I chose to eat a food that isn't right for me at that time of day,
0: no matter how yes. much I love it. And it, th- that doesn't mean anything about whether that food would affect another person my in wife, the same way.
1: That's right. My wife doesn't get heartburn. And so if she eats it at that time, she's not going to have a rough night. And it's not going to have an impact on her. And so this is the challenge of principles and living together as a society, especially as a family, is to say, okay, I have learned that eating that food has an impact on my mind tomorrow. Right. So I'm going to make the choice, but my wife doesn't have to make that choice. This is the challenge and the beauty of principles is they adapt to each individual circumstance.
0: I'm gleaning a couple of take-homes from this. And the first, first one has to do with our overall topic today. There is a principle behind the practice. And if we will pause to look at the why and get clear about the principles, it makes the practices easier. They make more sense. Um, so focus on the principle rather than the practice. I think that's one of my take-homes from this. And to do that requires, I'm going to use the word humility. We could also use the word openness or the willingness to let go of our need to be right about something. When we were talking about other cultures, for example, even if you can't get to the point of understanding why they practice things the way they do, can you be open to the possibility that they have good reasons even if you don't understand them right so this humility has us giving up our need to be right in exchange for being open and i think that's going to have us treating each other a whole
1: lot better right imagine the conversations that would have if a husband and wife for example could say dear that's not what's right for me, I've identified what's right for me. And, and there's an openness to say, I understand what's right for you. And that mm-hmm. may not be right for me. There's no judgment. We do, We stop beating each other with clubs because you're not doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. You're doing for you what is right for you. And I'm doing for me what is right for me. What if we had those conversations? What if our conversations included more of the why behind what we do? Imagine what would happen politically. If Democrats mm-hmm. could understand the why of the Republican platform, and Republicans could understand the why of a Democratic platform, why would intelligent, wonderful people
0: want to do it that way? What's the principle and behind it's a that? Practice? Good question. But it's not always a question. It's often a statement disguised as a question. Why would an intelligent person do it that way? That's right. You're an idiot for not doing it
1: the way I'm doing
0: it. That's a strong statement. It's not a question. But if we put the question mark back on it, why would an intelligent person do it this way? Then that humility allows us to be open to something that could potentially really enhance our own life as we become more open to other ways of seeing things and doing things and the reasons behind it i love that we're focusing on the principle behind the practice don't get so carried away with the practice that that you miss it
1: one last thing that i would throw in there is i i, I serve on a board of education and i supervise a school mm mm-hmm that the principal, the principal, P-A-L, of the the administrator of the school, asks each one of her teachers to state on the board what they're going to learn that day and why. And I have watched that significant, I've watched what happens in that school. When When we walk into a learning environment already having identified the principal behind today's topic, Mm-hmm. And I, what my take home from that is we need to have that conversation with ourselves and with others more frequently. We need to be humble enough to say, why do I do that? What's the principle? And the more we focus on the why, the more we force ourselves with every one of our behaviors to say, why? Why do I do that? Why do you do that? And we open up the, the dialogue and we have these conversations. Mm-hmm. Man, I wonder what would happen in our society if we were humble enough to, to, to have that conversation enough to, to focus on principles.
0: Oh, I think it would, it would be a game changer in so many ways. Bryce, thank you for your contributions today. Thank you, Paul. I've loved being here. Fun conversation. It, isn't that's it? right. We'll continue this conversation in so many ways in different contexts. And now for you, dear listener, it's time to go live on purpose.